Our sermon for this morning is based on our gospel, Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 and 18 through 23. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seeds falling among the thorns refer to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. I have now been here in Aiken for just under a year now. Crazy how the times fly when you're having fun. And since I've shown up here in Aiken, I've really been trying to change something. It has been a battle against something that I really, really, really don't like. And from the moment I stepped foot in this town, I wanted to change. I have been trying to grow good grass in my backyard since I showed up here. And I think the problem has gotten worse. Most recently, I went out back there and I, I tried to, to, to rake up some of the, the dried, patchy, patchy dirt. And, and I went back there and I took the, the, the seed and I, I spread it along. And I, I checked the weather forecast to make sure that we weren't going to get some type of torrential downpour wiping away all of my hard work. And so I get it done and it really looked nice. And even my wife told me that it actually looked pretty nice back there. And so I thought we were good. I would diligently water it. It would take root. It would spring up and my backyard would finally look nice. And just a few days later, there's the torrential downpour. And I sat there and watched from inside of my house as tens and tens and tens of dollars of seed got washed into the neighbor's yard. (laughs) There are certain things in that that story that are, are in my control, and there are certain things that are out of my control. I sowed the seed. I, I did it the right way. I suppose I could have thrown some hay over the top of it, but I, I, for the most part, I did sow the seed the right way. I had looked, I had planned, and yet, yet to no avail. It's sort of what Jesus is talking about in the parable here. 
there are circumstances outside, outside of the control of the one who, who speaks the word, who sows the seed. There are circumstances that, that raise its ugly head against the, the seed and say, you know what, we're, we're not going to accept you. That's why Jesus tells the parable. Is because he wants us to understand that when the, the father recklessly sows the seed and just throws his word out into the world, there are going to be different results. And that's okay. And we should expect that to happen. And he really, he really does a beautiful job of, of painting what each of those results might look like as he tells this, this four-parted parable. I think one of the cool things about Jesus' parables is that they, they sort of stand the test of time. He takes this thing that is relevant 2,000 years ago, planting of seeds, and he takes it and, and he, he hooks on a heavenly meaning with this, this earthly story. And this earthly story now, 2,000 years later, is, is really just as meaningful to us because we understand the struggle that, that Jesus is talking about here. We understand exactly what it's like to try to plant seeds and to have other things happen and be disappointed by the results. But as we go through this parable, I want to keep in mind one thing. When the seed didn't work in my backyard, it wasn't the good people at Scott's turf builder's fault. The seed was just fine. And when the seed doesn't take root in some of the lives of the people around us, and yes, sometimes even in our lives, it's not the seed's fault. It's not as if the word is insufficient in some way. In fact, we're going to learn that it is completely and entirely sufficient. Our theme for today is the Christian is planted by the word, and that's exactly what Jesus takes us, takes us into, into his word to have a look at, is what a life that is deeply rooted and planted in the word looks like. Jesus starts out the parable, he says, A farmer went out to sow his seed, as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. It's pretty obvious which elements line up which, with what heavenly elements. The farmer is God, and the seed is the word. And this initial illustration just shows us what happens sometimes when the, the word is cast out, and it is immediately rejected, given no audience or chance. Jesus, Jesus continues to describe the that part of the parable. He says, listen then to what that parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Tragically, brothers and sisters, we've all seen this happen. The conversation ended. The door slammed in the face. That immediate rejection of the word as, as somebody hears it and they go, I have no time for that. I have no desire to hear it. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. I don't want to make it a part of my life. Take the seed and put it somewhere else because I don't want it. We've all seen it happen. And it's a tragedy every single time it happens. But I ask you this, brothers and sisters. Is it the fault of the seed? Or is it the fault of the one that, that brings the seed? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
The second part of the parable, Jesus says, Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. See what the, the illustration is trying to show here? It, it is talking about those seeds that, that they kind of had a chance. There was this brief moment where everything looked good, but because, because they didn't dive down and, and get deeper, the moment adversity came, poof, they withered away and died. Jesus describes that part of the parable. He says, The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We've seen this one too, haven't we? The person that, that hears the message of Jesus and him crucified and they get so excited and they feel, feel all warm and fuzzy inside and they're so excited to be loved by Jesus and then, and then maybe they even come to a church and, and they're loved by brothers and sisters in Christ and they find community and compassion. They find belonging and maybe just maybe they even find a little bit more purpose but they dangerously hang their entire faith life on those feelings. On the feelings that exist inside of them. On those, the, that, that warm happiness that they get when they hear the word the first time. But then adversity comes. The trials and the tribulations of this life. And yes, maybe even their faith is called into question. And they look around and they go, I have no root. Because they have not dug deeper into the word of God, because they have not been planted deeper into the ground, they, they face adversity in this life. They're called to answer for their faith. And they realize they just can't. They don't have that, that deep root that gives them the ability to stand firm when the sun blazes and this life gets so difficult. And so they wither away and die. And I ask you again, brothers and sisters of peace, is that the fault of the, the seed? Absolutely not. Is that the fault of the bringer of the seed? Absolutely not. We get to the third kind of negative outcome that Jesus talks about. He says, other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. This one sort of seems to highlight something else. This is seed that is planted and it takes root and it actually seems to grow up pretty nicely, but you look right to the next of it, next, you look right next to it, and there are some weeds there. And Jesus talks about this situation. He says, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Yeah, we've seen this one happen too. That God plants the word in someone's heart and they love the word. And they get fired up for the word. And they attend church and they come to Bible class and they, they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow. But if you look at their life, they're surrounded by weeds. Sins that, that ought to be done away with. Temptations that should be put in the rearview mirror. Yeah, the deceitfulness of wealth maybe even. 
to the point that they live this this Christian life and they grow to be this, this mature Christian, but then right next to it is a weed that seems way too powerful. And, and they're almost forced to choose, is it this life or is it that life? And yes, as Jesus points out so often, it's the weed that wins. It's that former life. It's that old sin. It's that old temptation that takes over. Yes, brothers and sisters, I, we've seen them all. We have seen every single one of these take effect in, in the lives of some of the people around us, but, but I would be remiss if I said some of these perfectly describe me at some times. There are these moments where somebody brings us the word and we just don't want to hear it. Good, bad, or otherwise, we just, we just don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear the word of God and so we sit there like, the, like that stony road and just allow the, the word to bounce right off of our hearts. Or there are those moments, those times in our lives when we feel a lot like that, that rocky soil where we put all of our hope and all of our faith in that warm, fuzzy feeling that we get from God and, and we dig no further into the word and we hope that that sustains us for our entire lives. Yeah, there are those moments where we are, we are dangerously, dangerously shallow in the word. And yes, brothers and sisters, there are those moments where, where I look around at my life and I'm sure you do the same thing and, and you, see, you see the weeds. The weeds popping up next to you that, that really should be picked, that really should be pulled. But we allow them to stay. Yes, so often my life looks a lot less like that, that nice, healthy soil and it looks a lot more like those other, those other three circumstances that Jesus describes. And in those moments, we have one request of God. Till it up. Destroy that rocky heart that lives in here. Take those pebbles and those stones and cast them to the side and put your tiller in the ground, God, and cause that new soil to be created. Go into the garden and pick out all of the weeds, and God does just that. Through his law and gospel, through his word and sacraments, he comes into our lives and uproots and restores the garden that lives in here. So that when we hear the word of God, we joyfully take it in. It's a big ask from God. To ask him to, to come and completely restore my life, to change, to change who I am. But let's not sell God or his word short. For that we turn to Isaiah. As the rain and the snow come down from heavens... And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That promise sends shivers down our spines. As God promises us, that wherever the word of God is in our lives, whether we are reading it or hearing it, in whatever form it comes, there he is, present with it, 
that the Holy Spirit is constantly abiding with the word, working in the hearts of people, even when it doesn't look that way. Jesus says that when the word comes out, it will accomplish what he desires. You see that in the kids up front here. As the word of God is is working on their hearts, even though we can't understand it, and they might not even be able to confess it, we know that because the Holy Spirit promises to be there, he's there. It is powerful to wield the word because the word is the power of God for the salvation for everyone who believes. I've heard your stories, brothers and sisters of peace. I've heard your stories as you tell me about how you are trying to trying to tell your neighbor about the love of Christ and they just won't listen. I've heard your stories as you try to as you tell me about how you, you've told your, your, your siblings or your children just how much their Savior loves them and they want nothing to do with it. I've heard your stories as, as you've talked about that, that spouse or that friend, that deep, deep loved one who you are trying to shake awake from their deadness of sin but just doesn't seem to come to life. Brothers and sisters, I've seen those tearful stories in your eyes And please know that whether you see it or not, the promise of God here still stands. It will accomplish what I desire. God's word is not ineffective. It is not powerless. No matter what you see the results are, the word of God is working. And in those moments when you go, it can't happen. I don't think there's any hope for that person, my loved one in my life. Please know, brothers and sisters, that before we were baptized, before we were, we were saved and rescued and brought near and dear to Jesus' heart, please know that it was you and I that were in that exact situation. When it looked completely impossible, as if we would, we would cause the word to bounce off of us day after day after day, we were in that exact same situation, dead in our transgressions and sin, and yet... And yet the word worked. It penetrated this old, cold heart and flourished into what you see before you today. It is a miracle. Nothing short of a miracle. Anytime anyone comes to face because it is a work of God himself. Please know, brothers and sisters, that the people that you are working on in your life you might say at this point, it is going to take a miracle. Yes, it will. But that is well within God's wheelhouse to grant you that miracle. And not to talk about my own lawn all day, but I have a front yard, and that front yard is actually doing a lot better. I took my time and I I actually aerated my front yard and I took the, the Bermuda grass seed and I spread it over the entirety of the yard and I watered it nicely. And that, that, that yard that only had a few thin patches is starting to grow even more lush and full. That overseeding process seemed to do a pretty good job. That's what it's like when we hear the word of God every day now in our Christian lives. 
It is that overseeding process. It is God taking handful after handful of seed out of his pocket and throwing it over your life to fill in the thin patches. We all have those thin patches, those doubts, those challenges that we face in our faith life. And so, dear brothers and sisters, take full and frequent advantage of God overseeding your life. You're doing it right now, being here in church. Our kids do it in in Peace Kids. We do it in, in Peace Academy most weeks. There's a Bible on your shelf. There are devotions that I can find for you online. There are so many ways to overseed your life over and over and over again so that when the sun shines, that hot, 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 hot Aiken sun shines, and life gets very, very difficult for you, brothers and sisters, you will stand strong, not because of what you have done, but because of what the Lord Jesus has worked inside of you through his word. That overseeding process might in, in, its, in that one moment seem tedious. And maybe, even maybe, it doesn't seem fun. But in the day when you need it, it'll be there. Ready to stand up against the, the assaults that this world has to offer us. Producing a hundred or sixty or thirty times what has been planted. Dear brothers and sisters, we define Krishna as someone who is planted by the word because that is someone who has the power of God working deep within their hearts. So that when you go up against it, and when you are facing the words of Satan that are nothing but empty, deceitful lies, you will have the full armor and power of the word to defend yourself. Be planted in it. Be rooted in it and watch and smile as you see your, strength, your faith strengthen every single day. Amen.